On today's episode of See Here Love, we're talking about the crisis of celebrity Christian culture, the dangers and warnings to leaders, especially in the church. We're focusing on building integrity and godly character and accountability through community. It all starts right now. You are seen, you are heard, you are loved by God. You're not alone, you're fully known, you are loved by God. Well, welcome to See Here Love. I'm your host, Melinda. And today we've got a big, important, and hard show and topic to talk about. We're talking about today the appeal and danger of celebrity Christian and church culture and keeping ourselves in check and building our character and integrity. The why behind this show is because for the past year, we have seen well-known and respected leaders fraught with leadership issues, breaches of trust, sexual misconduct, moral failures, narcissistic behavior, and manipulation. So today, I'm going to be sitting down and listening to wise leaders, young leaders, about the danger, what it means to be a leader, what we can do to ensure that we don't, quote unquote, fall from grace. So this is a good discussion. This is a good conversation for any of you who are leading, who are in ministry, and not just with a platform, but for all of us. Uh, what are we going to do um, about our character? How are we going to choose what is good and what is right today. So let's get going as we talk about the danger of celebrity Christian church culture. Well, my next guest is someone I really respect and is so wise. And so we're gonna talk with Albert Tate, the founding pastor of Fellowship Church, one of the fastest growing multi-ethnic churches in the USA. Uh, he's just got a heart to share the gospel in the local church and global community. Uh, wow, Albert's got lots of credentials, which we won't mention, but what I have to mention is that he was recently published in Letters to Birmingham Jail, a response to words and dreams of Dr. Martin Luther King, and he's got four beautiful children with his wife, LaRosa. Welcome, Albert Tate, to the show. Good to be back. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Woo! Yes. Yes. <laughs> It is good. So Albert, I mean, it is a big topic, a necessary topic, an important topic. So today it's all about, you know, sort of the appeal and dangers of the celebrity Christian church culture. And this past year, Albert, we have seen well-known and respected leaders, what people are saying, sort of like fall from grace, uh, you know, engage in, in sort of breaches of trust and moral failures and, and, and just difficult things to read in the news. What are your first initial thoughts as you've witnessed this and seen this and read this over over the year? I don't think it's something new. So I don't think there's all of a sudden, oh, there's a there's a new problem. No, there's an old problem that's still very effective, and that's sin. Um, if you give in to the urges of your flesh, you're going to fall, whether you're the janitor or whether you're the pastor. Now, I will say this: the pastor and the leader is held to a higher regard. And we need to be held accountable significantly. So accountability has to be there. But to think that there's some new iteration of sin that's causing us to fall more is just not true. Right. 
Um, we just see it more. It's it, it, we got more. We got access to more information. It's easier to gossip about somebody else's business because you can see it across national platforms. Mm -hmm. But the rich young ruler had a had a problem, and it was that he loves this stuff more than God. Um, uh, uh, Jonah had a problem. He loved his own um, biases more than he loves God's compassion and grace for other people. David had a problem. He, his, he, he should have been out working, but he was at home watching this woman bathe on her porch and he used his power and influence to satisfy his flesh instead of surrendering it and inviting the spirit of God to lead and guide his daily thoughts, his daily decisions, his daily day. And I can make those same decisions today. So the thing is, David didn't have social media. He didn't have a bunch of likes making him some celebrity, but he did have power and influence and he didn't use it for the glory of God. When God blesses you with power and with influence, you better use it daily for the glory of God, and you got to resist the temptation to use it to, to 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 for my own pleasure or for my own gain. So I'd argue it's the same old problem, just way more cameras, and the solution is still the same. We've got to stay at a place of surrender to the God of our salvation. Good. Albert, in that, what would you say are some key guardrails for myself as a leader, for people who are in leadership in church, in ministry, well, wherever you are, whatever you do, these are important guardrails to put around you uh, to help you? I mean, I've got, I've got one really big one that's absolutely changed my life. You got to have deep relationships, not cheap relationships. You need to have some people in your life. I mean, I'm telling you, I got people in my life that know everything they know everything now i don't tell i'm married i got a great relationship with my wife i don't put everything on her i've got some good pastor friends we get together and we talk about our struggles we talk about our temptation we talk about the the the, the females in our life that we need to be guarded against because they run a risk of of threatening uh the fidelity of our marriages we talk about money um and how we're engaging how we're dealing with it Yo, uh, my 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 wife knows my struggles, knows my insecurities, knows I'm down. Like you got to build some relationships, and the only reason I think that's the distinction is I think most of the time we put all of that on our spouse, or we think that should all live on our spouse. And I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I I think that my wife, I encourage you, you got some girlfriends, sit down and y'all have real talk, not none of this stuff. And you tell them all your business, babe, and tell them my business too. Don't be like, yeah, Albert. I love that because my husband sometimes I'll be talking to him. He goes, "You gotta talk to your girlfriends about that." Like, yeah. and it's a healthy thing. It's not like he's like he's like you know ignoring me or rejecting me. He's just like, you know what? This conversation needs to go with your girlfriends. Like, I find that a lot of marriages don't people put a lot on their spouse that they have to be everything and know everything and. Yeah, that stresses me. I was just thinking of that, Albert. So that's good. Oh, that I, that you're doing it too. <laughs> it's, it's overwhelming. And then you're frustrated if they're not all of that. Like, I want to be able to talk to you about everything. Why? I don't want to talk to you about everything. There's some things that I would never talk to you about. I'm not talking to you about that. I'm just never talking to you about that. It's not because I can't because I don't trust you. It's just I don't want to talk to you about about 
sexual desire shifting because hormones and testosterone is doing it and I'm a man and I'm saying, I'm not about to be talking to you about that. I'm not doing that. I don't want you talking to me about this new craze period panties that have come out that a whole got a whole quality and all that. Hey, hey, call your girlfriends and celebrate. You proud of them? You excited about them? I, I, I don't want to do a victory lap with you because you're working at a whole nother level. That ain't like... I think there are spaces, but here, but here's the deal, though, and here's the punchline: you, you, you better be having somebody in your life who you can talk to about everything, and you don't need to have secrets and closed doors in your life where nobody knows. And let me tell you something, Melinda. If I ever get caught in a moral failure, I'll be able to point to two or three people that knew what was happening, knew what was going, and knew I was struggling with it. If I get if I get busted as that, but I'll be like, nah, I, it wasn't unconfessed. I confess that y'all, they all know that I was struggling with this money and they was trying to keep me accountable and I just did something stupid. But it's not, it won't be because I didn't talk to anybody or didn't tell anybody. So at the same time, notice my tone. I'm not being self-righteous and saying community is what's gonna save me. No, my behind making right decisions and right choices, whether or not I feel like them or not, is what's gonna keep me. And the Holy Spirit's ability to keep me doing that is, is where, my, where the wind's gonna come from. So I'm not asking my community to be Christ, but I am asking my community to point me to Christ. And in the, the passionate pursuit of God helps us in those moments, y'all, when we don't wanna do right, but my love for Jesus Christ is, yeah, I just can't do that. God's been so good. Beautiful. Albert Tate, thank you so much for continuing to pray for you and cheer you on as a leader in the U.S. and around the world. I'm so thankful for just your wisdom uh, and grace and understanding in this topic. So thanks for being with me today. Thank you so much. Well, I am so glad that we have monthly contributor and leadership coach Joe Saxon here today for this show to talk about the celebrity Christian church culture, about leadership and character. Joe, welcome to the show. Hi, good to be with you. This is a spicy one, Joe. <laughs> glad you're coming for it. <laughs> so let's just start off, Joe. Your initial thoughts overall about what we've seen the past year in the news of these leaders with just incredible moral failures, leaders that for some we respected, we knew of, and seeing just this fall, uh, Joe, and I think why I, I really wanted to meet with you and talk with you is because for any of us in media, authors, speakers, mm -hmm. we could all be there too. Oh, We mm -hmm. could all be in those spaces where we have this power, we feel entitled, we have this incredible fan base pushing us forward and we can get to that place where we can do anything, say anything and be anything. Yeah. And I don't wanna be there. I never wanna get there. Uh, Joe, I want to live out and be in my calling mm -hmm. as a communicator in media. So what would you say to me, to, to, to a lot of us who are kind of confronted with this, who've had to take a pause when we saw these leaders really fall and make these moral failures or whatnot. How do I keep myself from not going there? How do leaders ensure accountability or community or, or whatever you would suggest to ensure that it doesn't get to be that? Um, I think we all have a personal and a collective responsibility on how we do things, don't we? Um, so I think on a personal level, we have to recognize, I don't know that any leader who's fallen from grace planned that, wanted that, intended that, intended, started out with those choices in mind. Um, 
But I think there are some personal things that we have to keep on asking. I, I first of all, don't think it's a once for all thing. I don't think there's one moment where you say, these are my values. I think you look at every chapter, maybe every year, every six months. And I think there are a number of things that we can look at. We have to be honest, like hardcore honest about what our weaknesses are. What are our propensities? Where do you, what could be you? Like, is it with alcohol? Is it with sex? Is it with power? What will you do? If you've been denied power all your life, what will you do with power? If you've always had access to power, what would you do with power? Um, what are your natural propensities? We have to be honest about those. But then it's not enough to be real because real is cute, but doesn't get the job done. So once you've been real about it, then what are you? Is it counseling? Is it therapy? Does anybody know? Does anybody know your propensity to pornography? What is the deal? We have to be brutally honest with it, not to shame us. I'm not saying this in the kind of like, let's shame ourselves. I just know there are certain things about us because we're human beings mm -hmm. that we have to be willing to face as, as human, as human beings. I may um, not be doing something like I may be in my accountable relationships and all that kind of stuff, but you know, there are opportunities that are coming my way that I should be sharing because as a practice that keeps certain things at bay. So, mm -hmm. so there are immediate responses, but there's what, what's the, what's our kind of life we're going to build? What's, what are our mm, life like that. practices that will keep us two years from now, five years from now? And when we have years like we've had, where our world has been rocked to our very foundations, I think we have to ask ourselves these questions at a far deeper level. Hey, it's Chris, friend of See, Here Love with Melinda. Sorry to interrupt this conversation, but I just had to let you know that the only way that See, Here Love gets to produce fun and authentic conversations like this one is through your financial donations. So go to seeherelove.com and click on the big donate button. Thanks for your support. Let's get back to the show. Joe, this next question is going to be difficult, but it's something I feel like I need to ask. As a woman who that might have happened to, how do we encourage them to speak up and heal? I, I know it's it's lots, but it's just, I think it's so important. My heart really felt that this is an important conversation in light of that we look at the men falling from grace. But like you said, there's been a whole amount of people that have been hurt in the process by those in authority and leadership and people that they followed and looked up to. Yeah. And, I, and the last thing I would say for those, those of us who are in vulnerable situations where we are being manipulated by somebody, where we are, where, where we are on the, the victim end of a predator experience, that um, no matter what they're saying to you, it's not right. They should not be treating you in this way. You are, it is not your fault. It is not because you wore a short skirt. It is not because you showed your arms. It is not because you're a woman who sings up front. It's not because of your size. It's not because of your body type. It's not because of any of those things. It's a lie. You're being, um, and tell somebody. You need to tell somebody. And, I, and because I think as we, I think so much has been allowed to escape because things were hidden in the dark. Oh, you preach it. Sorry. I, you know what? I think it's so important. These conversations, they are hard and sometimes they're scary to say, because once you say it, people are going to, but this is for all those women. These yeah. are for all of us as leaders that yeah. could be right on the brink or, or could be headed that way. I think these are really important conversations to have yeah. now before, yeah. before we talk about it afterwards, you know, like for me, it's like, Mel, let's have this conversation, some accountability and, and, you know, not having the secrets and all of these things now, so that I can be, as I follow Jesus and the calling that he has called me to do and, and, and to be where I'm at here in media, that I am safeguarding myself, that I have these in place before it's too late. Joe yeah. Saxon, 
honestly, thank you so much for your work, for your leadership, and for your honesty in speaking into this really layered and complex uh, hard topic today. So thanks for being with me. Thank you. From the host of See, Here Love, Melinda Estabrooks and 50 of her guests and friends comes the book, Always Know, full of stories of lives that are inspiring, wise, and life-changing. God hears you. He hears your prayers. He hears the longing for connection. He hears the cries of pain that you're experiencing, and He loves you deeply. This month, with your ministry gift of $25 or more, or when you become a new monthly donor, request your copy of Always Know. It is a collection of stories to help you today in the things that you're struggling with, the things that you were confronted with. And I know that these stories will encourage you. Call 1-800-265-3100 or visit seeherelove.com slash always know and request your copy. See Here Love is where you are. Find our hopeful and inspiring faith stories on your favorite platform and encouraging content daily on Instagram and Facebook. To learn more and stay updated, sign up for our newsletter on seeherelove.com. Well, of course we had to end this show, this spicy, important show with two powerhouse young leaders. And yes, Jason, I said young Young leaders, dynamic leaders, and first off, Joanna LaFleur, very familiar with Joanna for many of you viewers and listeners. You know Joanna as our Bible teacher here at See Here Love, a co-host, a speaker, a podcaster, and digital communications consultant and expert. Welcome, Joe. It's good to have you back again with us. Thanks. Raring to go on this conversation I, I know you are. That's why you're here. I'm so excited. <laughs> and Jason Ballard, part of the Canadian Alpha team, uh, a pastor at The Way in Vancouver and the director of Canadian Church Leaders Network. Jason, so good to have you on the show today. Yeah, very honored to be with you too. It's so fun. All right. Is it going to be fun, Jason? Because we I, have a topic. I think so. I mean, Melinda, I don't get to hang out with you every day. And so I'm, uh, the subject matter might not be, but to hang out with you and Joanna, I'll take it. All right. Then maybe we'll have to hang out afterwards as well because <laughs> we might need to decompress and like process this. But here's the thing. This show, as you know, is all about the, the appeal and danger of Christian celebrity church culture, celebrity Christian culture. And so I know that we have seen it in, in the news the past year with some prominent well-known leaders, what, what people have said, fallen from grace. Um, you know, some really tough moral failures. So I'm going to give you a minute each to rant of just sort of free flowing your thoughts about this, because I know there are strong opinions about this. And then I want to start talking about um, character leadership for your generation after that. So Joe, I think you're raring to go. Your rant, your thoughts about this whole situation of of leaders really falling, um, if we can say from grace. Sure. Leaders doing this is so angering, embarrassing, frustrating, discouraging, uh, damaging to the church and to our witness in the world. It makes a mockery of everything that we say we're about, not because people sin, but because of the nature of the hiddenness, the secret, the damage and the ripple effects that that has across not just their life, but a whole community of people. Um, 
And so yet it happens over and over. We can probably name a number of names off the top of our heads of just the last 12 months of these well-known leaders who have fallen from grace, as you've said. And so it's not just the leader that's the problem. It's the system that they work within, that they live within, that allows them to be, as you said, celebrated, like celebrity status Mm -hmm. for this leader. And then uh, not enough accountability and clarity or view into their life so that we aren't doing anything about this or letting it be stopped before it actually comes to this point. So it's not just the individual leader that's the problem. We shouldn't be surprised when this happens because the system has been set up to make this happen over and over again. Joanna, thanks. Okay, Jason, your one minute rant or thought about this whole celebrity Christian church culture. I think the thing I've been thinking about the most is just how important it is that if we are to put mentors in our life, and I'm speaking to people who would consider themselves followers of Jesus, maybe, but it maybe not, maybe this is a thing for everyone, is to find people who you can live near and who are older and who have followed Jesus for a long time and the fruit of their life is not perfection, but, but like they still have a good relationship with their friends. Their kids aren't perfect, but they like their dad or they like their mom and they've treated their mom with respect. And most of those guys and girls don't have Instagram. And so we got to find the people that don't have Instagram and that live near us and probably aren't as articulate or good looking. Uh, they might be, but as the ones that were, and, and if we, if we set our course to those, so I think that needs to be the North star. I think the question needs to be, you can be inspired by digital influencers. You can get ideas from them, but don't model your life after them because you don't know their life. And so I've been just thinking about who are the mentors in my life in the midst of all of this, that I can sort of say, Hey, I actually see them and know them. And then I'm trying to give them proximity in my life so they can actually speak into it. So I think this whole idea of like, Oh, my pastor is this guy in another country who I've never met before. I just think, Oh, that's, that's a dangerous train of thought. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, there's something in here about, who we're looking up to. There's one thing to be inspired by someone. It's another thing to say, I am modeling my life after that person. Yeah. Jason, as a pastor, as we look ahead to the church in Canada, you as leaders, how are you going to ensure um, that your motivation is, Mm. is godly, is true, is right, is righteous, is faithful, yet you are you know, committed to your family and to the call that God has on you. I love teaching. I love preaching the Bible, uh, but I'm just one of five people on our teaching teams, super intentional to have diversity of voice to female communicators on our team, but also just so that the church doesn't develop a palette for just my voice. Because listen, if I preach every week, and this is super specific, but I think it can be applied. If I preach every week, the church grows on that. If I stop preaching, they might do you see what I mean? And then that creates this pressure on my life to be able to pump out this content and the, the dissonance between my internal world, and my public world can grow and grow and grow. But if I, if there's a team and that can apply to other things than just the pulpit and teaching, then all of a sudden it's like, man, I don't, I can't believe the lie that this thing hinges on me. This thing can work without me. And then that's beautiful is that we can point people to Jesus, point people to other leaders in their life. And then they can have this, you know, this type of uh, growth so that if there was something where it's like, let's say, let's not say a fall from grace, but let's say um, I had to take an extended sabbatical, you know, to focus on family or to do a research project that I wasn't worried that this whole operation won't go down. And I think there's something there, at least for me, I'll just speak for myself. There's something there for me that was super intentional because I want to last five decades. I'm so optimistic for the church in Canada. And I so want to serve the city of Vancouver for the next five decades. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to play the long con here. And the long, 
you know, con's not a good word. That's a bad word to use on this interview. <laughs> I'm going to play the long game, a very clean, wholesome game. I'm going to play the long game. And that looks like not taking my role in it all too seriously. So I can be part of this for the distance. Does that make any sense? Yeah, totally. I'm like, have con on you always. I'm like, he said con. Yeah, got like him. national, like <laughs> television, everything. What would be sort of your last thoughts on this as we sort of like conclude on, you know, our thoughts about celebrity Christian church culture? Um, as a leader, I would just say one of the things that I do with my team every week, whether in writing or in, in you know, a, a dialogue is I say, what is something I can improve this week? What is something I need to do better for you? and better for our organization. How can I improve? I'm not perfect. Every week I want some, you have to tell me something. What is something I can do better to serve you or to serve this, this work that we're doing? And I think just continuing to posture yourself under that humility as a leader um, will help you receive the feedback that Jason was talking about. Keep asking for it. Mm. Thank you so much, uh, Jason and Joanne. Those were really great thoughts. This conversation could go on for a long time because there's it, it's so layered and complex and, and yet so simple as far as just what I'm hearing you say about community and good friends and mentors, um, you know, asking your team how you're doing, really being open about yourself. And what, what, I, what I take away from this is I'm, I'm encouraged that as you two young leaders are leading in Canada, it, it's hopeful, it's inspiring, it's good. And so we'll keep praying for you as you lead, um, as you grow, as you lead people and influence, and really grateful for your presence in Canada today. So thanks for being with me. Thanks for chatting today. Thanks, Melinda. You know, throughout the pandemic, I've been finding myself reading and referring to the Psalms quite often. I think it's because the Psalmist offers us a real and authentic way of responding to the disorienting times that we find ourselves in. Recently, I was reading in Psalm 139 and I was challenged by verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path to everlasting life. You know, David writes these words in the midst of deep hardship with people literally trying to kill him. As a result, he understandably has anxiety and fear about the threats and the pressure coming at him from everywhere. David's answer to the pressure of his external relationships with people is to focus internally on his relationship with God. I believe that this is the best approach for all of us to keep it real. Whether we're facing the pressures of adoration, temptation, or pride through performance, and we're trying to find worth and value from people around us like a Christian celebrity or or whether we feel judged and threatened by people around us. David shows us the best way to keep it real is to test how real we are with the only one who really knows, God himself. David asks God to test him like we would test a battery with a battery tester. So here are three key questions to open our lives to God's testing and the realness of our walk with him. Am I praying only when I have to? Is my most meaningful encounter with God something in the past or something I'm seeking today? Is the private way I seek God more earnest than the public way I seek God? You know, some days our tester might show a low response to these questions. Don't be discouraged. Instead, remind yourself of these words from David just a few lines earlier and draw close to your God who sees you, hears you, and loves you. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God, they cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me.
What a show. Wow. I learned a lot. And I want to thank first Albert Tate and Joe Saxton, Jason Ballard, Joanna LaFleur, and Kevin Shepard for your wise and inspiring conversations and insights. But here's what I would take away. You know, as I was listening, I realized as a leader, for me, as a host of a woman show that's on TV and radio and podcasts, as someone who has influence on social media, here are some things that I need to do. You know, number one, I need a, a group, a tribe of friends that I can be accountable with. I need to be open with my own secrets so that there's nothing that is secret that is kept that will fester and, and then flourish into, into something that is harmful. I need to spend time with Jesus and, and be close to him and listen and be guided by his spirit. I need to be an ally and someone who speaks up to those that have been hurt. And I need to not be part of a system that elevates, like idolatry, the person, but I need to be a follower of Jesus that elevates the message and the person of Jesus. That's what I need to do. And so I hope that you pray for me as I lead, and I hope you pray for your leaders in your church and leaders in your ministries today, that they would guard their heart and mind, as Kevin said that they would lead and, and dig into their calling, as Jason said, uh, that they would be open without, without secrets and be accountable, as, as Joe Saxton said. And so, yes, we must together uh, do this, support one another, and, and cheer one another on. For more information about all our guests and to read blogs and resources and scriptures, go to seeherelove.com. And as you lead, whether that's your family, ministry, church, organization, team, know that you are seen, you are heard, and you are deeply loved by God. Goodbye. See Here Love with Melinda Estabrooks is a production of Crossroads Christian Communications Incorporated, a member of the Canadian Council of Christian Charities. To support this program, please visit seeherelove.com and click the donate button or call 1-800-265-3100. And from me and the See Here Love team, thanks so much for your support.